0: episode 175 everybody with Cynthia Jai the voice coach from Singapore live from Singapore we had a nice chat and learned a lot about articulation and why speaking with impact and conviction is critical to not only professional life but personal life and so many of us like to speed through our words and talk like this and mumble you blah, blah, blah remember when we were kids growing up we always mumbled our words I know my kids do sometimes. I go, "What, guys? Slow down! What? Did, what did you just say? You might as well be talking to me in a different language because I have no idea what's going on." And we often can carry those bad habits with us into our adult lives, which has a bad impact on us—negative impact. It may prevent us from furthering relationships. It may prevent us from getting jobs, etc. So, check her out, Cynthia Jai at PowerfulExecutiveVoice.com, and we've linked her up here in the show notes. With that said, everybody, please enjoy this next educational conversation with the one and only Cynthia Jai.
1: The Optimal Life.
0: So I was really uh, intrigued to talk to you because when I saw your email and realized that you were living in Singapore, the first thing that I thought of Cynthia was, I remember when I was a teenager and I'm in Ohio, I'm in the state of Ohio here in the United States, there was a kid from Dayton, Ohio. I think this was in the early to mid-90s. And he went to Singapore. I don't know exactly what the reasons were, but he was a teenager. He went to Singapore. And I will never forget that he was caught vandalizing and maybe littering, spit his gum on the ground. And um, and the news, the headlines back then was that this this somewhat... I wouldn't say innocent, but, but a teenager that was just doing some boneheaded stuff. Um, he was subject to quite a few canings. Cane lashings.
1: Yes. So,
0: That's right. And isn't that funny? I've always had that in my mind stuck there in Singapore. So is, is the government, are they, are they that strict?
1: Yes. And they are still doing the cane thing.
0: They do. Wow. <laughs> So what what can you do? Like, what are some of the things that people get caned for? Uh,
1: that I wasn't very sure, but <laughs> there, there were still uh, people getting caned.
0: There's still people getting caned. No matter how good of a voice coach that they have, they're going to get caned if they do something bad.
1: They, they must do legal
0: things. <laughs> yes. Well, they're very strict. I know it's. I know it's a beautiful place, and uh, actually have done business with Singaporeans and, and through um, foreign military sales contracts here in the United States, and and have met some of them at the trade shows. And they seem to be, you know, you guys are great, very nice people. But boy, they're they, they don't like people throwing gum on the ground.
1: No. And also, for that reason, you can't even find a place to buy gums in Singapore.
0: You're not allowed to chew gum. Okay.
1: They, they, yeah, that's right. And they don't sell it in stores.
0: That is unbelievable. What is the reason behind that?
1: <laughs> it's because people tend to spit it on the, on the ground or they will stick it on some uh, poles. And that's the reason. So the government wants to keep the city clean.
0: Right, but what's the difference between gum, which I get you can't, you can't ingest it necessarily. I mean, you can, but you're not supposed to. But what's the difference between gum and somebody just throwing a, a, a wrapper of a sandwich or another piece of food on the ground?
1: Because the gum is not easy to clean. Mm. So
0: that
1: would add a lot of work to those uh, people who are doing the cleaning work.
0: If you throw if you litter if you litter would you get can you get a subject to caning
1: No you will be fined
0: You will be fined okay I,
1: I think it's uh 500 Singapore dollars That's about 300 US dollars
0: Right So it's not it's not a good place if you're like manufacturing big league chew or Wrigley's it's probably not a good place for business
1: it is still a good place for business. It's just that people, when they come here, they will need to uh, follow the rules, the laws here. You're there? Near the airport.
0: You're near uh-huh. the airport, so just in case you have to get so away.
1: The is in, uh, that's right. So the airport is in the Northeast. And uh, so I'm, I am about, I think it's a five minutes taxi ride to the airport.
0: So you've lived in Singapore your whole life?
1: Uh, no, so I've been living in Singapore for 15 years. Okay And then before that, I lived in one uh, I, w- I lived in California for some time, and then before that, I was in China.
0: And through all of your travels and being in different places and different cultures, you obviously discovered something that was universal, regardless of where people came from, and that was the power of voice. So to talk a little bit about how, you, how this even sparked your interest and what led you into this path.
1: Sure. You know that there's a saying, we teach what we needed to learn the most. And voice was the area that I needed to learn the most when I was in my first job. So when I was in my first job, I was not speaking up. I was not heard. I was not assertive. So initially, I went on a journey to be more assertive. And uh, in my journey to discover more assertiveness, voice was one of the areas that I developed. And when I developed my own voice, my speaking voice, even though I had training in singing, but there are differences between singing voice and speaking voice. So when I developed my speaking voice, I realized, wow, not only I sounded more confident, more assertive, but also I felt more confident More powerful so that planted the seed that one day i would help other people to feel the same way and uh it was not until about in my last corporate job uh, that was about 12 years ago so 12 years ago in my last corporate job uh, i was doing in-house training training our own employees on leadership communication so then they were asking me they said oh you have a good voice how do we develop the voice especially for those, they wanted to develop a deep voice. And they said, oh, Cynthia, you have a deep voice. How do we develop a deep voice? So that's where I realized, oh, okay, looks like that. This is also something people are looking for. So that gave me the push to uh, leave the corporate job and started on my own about 12 years ago.
0: Yeah, so when you say that you just developed this voice because you were feeling like it was the way you were speaking was potentially holding you back what do you mean you developed it what were the things that you started doing that were different
1: Mm, okay yes so there are quite a lot of things one is the voice quality so voice quality because for most people also including the so called old me that when the voice is not developed, this is how you will sound like. And uh, can you hear any difference from the voice that I was speaking with a few seconds ago? So you might have heard the difference as the other voice I just demonstrated is very thin. It's a bit higher pitched. It's also uh, sounding young. So uh, when you speak with that voice, people don't take you seriously. So that's one thing I developed, which is to develop a fuller voice, a voice that's projected with full body. And from the full voice point of view, that's what we develop. And when we develop that, we develop the body, the potential in the body. So, it's so be- that's uh, one key, key area.
0: Yeah, so it's being more mindful when you were first going through ah. this because you had a whole lifetime of speaking a certain way. So, once you started being more mindful, was that like the the key to that development? Like, oh, I'm doing it again. I need need to change my tonality.
1: Uh, No, so in the beginning, it's like we go to uh, the gym for guys to build the six packs. (laughs) So, uh, it's like building the muscles. So, when we build the muscles, we have to go to the gym every day to do workouts, to do certain exercises, strength training. This is the same for Voice work, voice work. we're training the body. For example, first of all, we need to change the way we have been breathing. And in order to do that, we have to train our body to work in certain, certain way or the proper way. And so every step we're learning in the full voice development, we need to make them a habit. So when they become a habit, then you will be speaking with the voice, the full voice, for the rest of your life. So you never need to think about it.
0: It's the repetitions that allow you to get there.
1: Uh, Repetition and also uh, forming habits. There are three habits people need to form, at least. Go ahead. Uh, So you mean the habits? What What are the habits?
0: What are those habits?
1: Hmm, Okay. So the first habit is to learn how to breathe properly. For most people, they don't even know how to breathe properly. So that's why when they are nervous, their voice will be trembling. When they are speaking, they realize they run out of breath, or they speak too fast, or um, they speak with a voice that has no gravitas. And uh, so the first thing we need to do is to correct the breathing, because for most people, the default breathing is the wrong one which is, for example, if we ask our listeners to do a deep breathing and observe where the movement is in their body. Uh, So they might be doing, and they realize that their chest, their shoulder are moving. And uh, if you notice that your shoulder and chest are moving, then that means you are not breathing properly. So you have the potential to correct it. And uh, what I help them do is to correct the wrong way of breathing, and make the proper breathing a habit. So the proper breathing is when you breathe in, shoulder and chest they are not moving. When you breathe in, your belly would come out. When you breathe out, your belly would go in. So that's the proper breathing. And uh, it takes about one and a half to two and a half months to make it a habit.
0: Okay. So when you start doing that for the first habit, the proper breathing what what does what does the proper breathing how does that integrate with Mm. speech
1: yes so for most for some people not most people so for some of my clients when proper breathing has become a habit they started to notice e i started to slow down Uh, so they may notice that their speaking rate is slower um, one thing in common is they will start to realize that they feel a bit more relaxed when they're speaking. So most people are speaking with a very tense voice. Uh, voice, when we are speaking, is, is supposed to be relaxed, uh, supposed to be releasing the tension. So most people are speaking with a very tense voice. That's the other thing they noticed. They started to speak with a much more relaxed voice. Uh, the peach will not go deeper yet until they develop the next two habits. So the next two habits and the second one is, now that you can breathe properly, we're going to learn how to use the proper breath to support your voice projection. So in some of my clients, they call this the so-called speak from the diaphragm. So that's uh, the other habit they need to form. They will need to learn how to use the proper breath to support their voice. And uh, so once they develop the second habit, that's where they started to notice even more changes in the voice. The voice pitch may go a little bit deeper for most people because when you are using the proper breath to support, it will help you get a little bit deeper naturally. And then that's the second habit. And then the third habit will make even more changes in the voice So the third habit is resonance. Uh, Resonance, meaning more vibration. So when you have voices vibration, when you have more vibration in your body, it's just like the difference between a cello and a violin. So the cello has a bigger box. And when we started to use our body, which is a bigger box, then our overall pitch range will be deeper. So that's uh, the third habit.
0: So the the habits are developed over, this takes several months at the minimum is what you're saying.
1: That's right.
0: It takes several yes, months.
1: Yes, yes. So uh, each habit takes about, on, a, on average, takes about two months. So the total process will take about a minimum of six months.
0: And these people are working with you for that entire length of time?
1: Uh, they, they will work with me for about six months. They will, yeah. Or no longer than one year.
0: Okay, and so what, what are they? this is such a unique, interesting thing because most people have never thought I need a voice coach unless I'm singing. And now uh, yes, here you right. are, here comes Cynthia, Cynthia Jai who's, who says, no, everybody needs a voice coach unless you're already very proficient at, at speaking. Everybody mm-hmm. can use a voice coach because the way that you're talking and articulating your words may be holding you back from opportunities, not only in business, but I assume that you, this is in personal life too.
1: That's right, so um, a lot of my clients, the reason they wanted to develop their voice is because they have gone through other programs like leadership, communication, uh, even image, and public speaking, but they realize that they still have the voice problems. Like, for example, when they're nervous, they realize, oh, I can't protect my voice. My voice is stuck in my throat. Or they notice that their pitch suddenly went high because of the nervousness. That's where they realize, oh, maybe there's something that I can do with this. And then there are also others. Uh, they, When they're promoted, they realize that they couldn't use their voice to command attention or respect. Mm. And uh, some of my clients, they also speak with a monotonous voice, which is not attracting the audience's attention.
0: Or attracting so a whole the pers- lot of
1: uh, uh, voice problems that made them realize, oh, there might be something I can do with the voice.
0: And it's probably not attracting the people that they're in a romantic setting even, right? You're out at dinner, you're on a date, uh, and uh, you're, yeah. pu- you're putting the other person to sleep. You're scaring them.
1: <laughs> yes, and they'll never see you again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so talk about some of the things that yeah talk continue on that on that thought if you would talk about potentially some of the negative ramifications in just everyday personal life if mm-hmm. for people that don't yeah. speak well
1: So for some of my clients they said, "Oh, my spouse is not listening to me." <laughs> now, of course, there are many reasons that the spouse is not listening, but they noticed that voice was one of the things and uh, their voice was either not interesting or boring. And uh, so that actually loses the spouse's attention. Uh, So the spouse is not listening to them. And when the spouse is not listening to them, that actually gave them insecurity. So some of my clients, uh, especially there was one, I remember clearly. So when he came to me, he not only had insecurity about his job, but also insecurity about his marriage. So uh, he was sharing with me that one was because of the voice that he was not able to attract the audience's attention. So he was afraid that he was going to lose his job. And at the same time, he says, same situation happens at home. My wife is not listening to me. And uh, I'm also afraid that maybe I'll lose the marriage. So when we started to work on the voice, then I noticed that his confidence was growing. So there, he started to see some very positive improvement at his work. And when we finished working together, I, he was asking me, he said, what change did you see in me, there? I said, oh, the biggest change is not as your voice, but also your happiness. I noticed you are happier. So by that time, he never needed to worry about the security of his job or his marriage. So uh, whatever we're doing is impacting every area of our lives.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. So, But what I'm trying to understand is that the people, these spouses, they married this other person knowing that they had issues with their speech. What makes them turn off all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> I suppose in the beginning, they didn't pay attention to the voice they were probably attracted to this person, this it, person's personality. Uh, uh, we, ne- yeah. we can never explain very well or very clearly about why we're attracted in the first place.
0: And then so you see that he comes back and over the course of his time with you and as he's becoming happier mm-hmm. and more confident, him, his marriage is strengthening in a way because now his spouse is listening more actively?
1: Uh, one is his spouse Started to listen to him Two is also that He is opening up more uh, And so that's the other thing And the third thing was that He was feeling much more secure So when we feel secure It will change the, the way The other person responds to us as well
0: Do you like take these people Through voice exercises Like Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, Ti what do you do? So there,
1: yes, we go through voice exercises, uh, but not not the scale. <laughs> so the exercises, like for example, breathing, one breathing exercise, I said, okay, the breathing exercise, I named it as Kung Fu breathing. So we're Kung doing Fu breathing, different wow. breathing exercises. And then in using the proper breaths to protect the voice, we also have different exercises. Like one of them would be sighing. Sighing with a sound, like, ah. ah. So these are some of the exercises that we do.
0: Why the sighing? What does that, where does that lead you?
1: Ah, sighing, uh, we are sighing with a sound. So you see, when we are sighing with a sound, the sound is very relaxed. And also the sound is not only just in the throat, but also you started to feel as if the sound is coming from the body as well. So that is to shift the way they have been always using their throat to project the voice. So that's a sighing exercise. This sighing exercise is a very good exercise, not only just for projection, but also it tells you how much effort you need in voice projection, which is zero. Because when we're sighing, we don't use any effort. So when we're speaking, it's the same. We don't use any effort. Whenever you feel tired after you speak, then that means you're exerting unnecessary effort.
0: It almost sounds as if you're correlating, there's a direct relationship between extroversion and introversion with with the voice. And it almost mm-hmm. sounds as yes. if you're saying even introverted people. Yes. People that are introverted may be... Um, become more extroverted with the proper voice training?
1: They will become more I would say more open, more outgoing.
0: So they will, they will become more outgoing and extroverted, more, more, more extract.
1: Yes. So uh, I always say to people that I am an outgoing introvert.
0: (laughs) You're an outgoing introvert.
1: Since young I was, even now I am an introvert. Introvert to me is that I value time alone. I, vet, I take time to reflect and uh, I enjoy reading. I enjoy writing. But at the same time, whenever I'm with people, I am very outgoing. I can, there are also people in some networking events, they say, oh, Cynthia, you're a great networker. I said, how so? So um, because they see me communicating very well with other people and uh, people like to talk to me as well. So that's why I say that I'm an outgoing introvert.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of uh, sense.
1: Yes.
0: I can relate to that.
1: So yes, when we develop the voice, we are more comfortable with who we are. We are more open. We are more outgoing. So that's where you will also hear it in the voice.
0: But Okay, so you have a a male client that contacts you, or a potential client, and he's got a high voice, and Mm -hmm. he's... Insecure, and there's certain people you can't do anything about the sound of your voice. I mean, you can only go through different octaves, I take it, without sounding so ridiculous. So, somebody who's contacts you and says, "Hey, I need help," kind of getting that deeper, that that broader stroke that you were talking about. Uh, how do they? What do they do exactly?
1: Okay. So, some of my clients, especially. Not especially male clients. So, male clients came to me, they said, I want to have a voice that sounds like Morgan Freeman.
0: (laughs) Well, so, hey, don't don't we all? Well, yeah, you got to come back again for your next life and hopefully you get lucky.
1: (laughs) So, I said, okay, what do you like about his voice? Because there's only one Morgan Freeman. And uh, so, they all said his voice is very deep, uh, very relaxed very pleasant to listen to. So I said, okay, that's the quality you can develop, which is a deeper, more authoritative voice. At the same time, is pleasant to listen to. So when they develop that, if let's say they have a very high-pitched voice, they want to understand that it's like the violin and the cello metaphor we are using just now, the analogy. Uh, we need to develop a bigger cavity to use in their body. So most, especially for those who are speaking with a very high-pitched voice, they are not fully using all the cavities in their body. So and that's what we develop. And uh, when they start to use more cavities in their body, then that's where they will notice their overall pitch range was starting to go deeper.
0: So when they're talking to you, give us a little glimpse into a certain session. You're having a, a mm-hmm. session with them, whether it's in person or on Zoom or these technologies now, because yes. I know you work with yes. people all over the world. And mm-hmm. what is what is are you starting and stopping them? What what is going on in a session where you could where you continue to refine their skills?
1: Okay, so for example, when they uh, come for the first one month, we work on correcting their breathing. So let's say for the first session. I'll be teaching them the proper way of breathing. And then we'll explore, because in order to get the proper breathing correct, we'll explore about two to three different breathing exercises. And then, so I teach them the two to three breathing exercises. They will try it out and see which one out of these two to three works for them. And uh, so when they are doing it, I'll be correcting them. And uh, by doing that, you'll really start to notice a lot of issues. Started to surface for example if they tend to get very tense that's where it will show up in their practice if they tend to be very analytical instead of getting into the body that will also start to surface so i started to notice a lot of people are living in the analytical brain they're not getting into their body well voice work is very physical uh, very body work so uh, that's where in the sessions i will help them identify, help them correct, and also change, many a time, change the way they have always been thinking or always been acting because they probably has been very analytical, very logical. Now they need to learn how to let their body lead them. So that's uh, what happens in the sessions.
0: What about people with public speaking? That's everyone's biggest fear, getting on a stage in front of... 10 people or a million people, it doesn't matter. People don't like public speaking. You've given a TEDx talk. So what are some of the tips and tricks when you're about to get on stage in front of an audience? What are some ways to calm down the, the brain so that you can deliver an eloquent speech?
1: Okay. So there are two things they can do. One is that they need to they can use the proper breathing to slow down their body rhythm. So, the proper breathing. And two is that they need to shift their focus. So, what do we mean by shifting the focus? Because I noticed most people who are nervous, whenever we're nervous, it's because we are thinking about ourselves too much. Like, what if I say something that's s- stupid? What if I say something that no one responds? What if I forget what I'm going to say. What if I blah, blah, blah? blah. What if I blah, blah, blah?
0: So yeah, said, and you're worried you know about, this, let me just interject if you don't all mind. about you. Yes, if, if you don't mind me interjecting too, you're always, yes. you're concerned about the judgment that you're feeling from potentially right. from everybody, even though there's usually not any, but you're worried that yes. what are all these people thinking about me? Anyways, c- continue yeah. if you would, yes. please.
1: That's right. And then... We will need to shift the focus from I to them. Them is the audience. So instead of thinking about, oh, what if I, blah, 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 what if I, blah, blah, blah. We are I ask them before they go onto the stage, ask them three themselves three questions. One is, what do I want them to get take away with? So that's the first question. What do I want them to take away with when they leave the presentation? Two is how do I want them the audience to feel and three is what action do I want them to take so these three questions they will help you to start to shift your focus from I focus to them focused hmm
0: that's very interesting that's powerful I like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't make it about yourself yes you're not that special
1: right you're special (laughs) but when you are on the stage you are there to serve the audience
0: yeah you're there to serve and and if they and if they don't want to take the 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 servings and they don't want to receive it that's okay
1: yes and they will leave by themselves correct Uh, not everyone will like what we say and we have to be okay with that
0: so you're a professional you've You've talked to thousands and thousands of people. You have uh, probably analyzed all the different voice types and inflections and tonalities and et cetera. Give me an honest assessment of uh, what kind of score would you give me on a scale of 1 to 10 with my voice?
1: Okay. Um,
0: and you have to be honest, brutally honest now.
1: Okay. So I think you have um, you have a quite authoritative voice. Uh, your voice is deep. Uh, so that's what I what I heard first. And then uh, the other thing, the only thing, yes, the voice is serious.
0: The voice is serious.
1: Yes. <laughs> so you can relax a bit more, have more fun. Uh, that's not uh, what I'm hearing
0: say that again you broke up a little bit you could relax a little bit um, more
1: and have relax a bit more and
0: have more fun and have more fun oh okay <laughs> Well, hey listen uh, you haven't seen me after a, a few beers so you know <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay we'll yeah. do
1: that what we mean. <laughs> yes
0: yes so so through all of your experiences and travels you've traveled f- what 46 countries I mean,
1: Uh,
0: or you've helped you've helped you've helped clients in forty six countries. Excuse me, Mm. and you're not you don't have problems giving advice to people from different cultures because I imagine each culture has its own way of speaking. Correct. How do you how do you handle somebody from USA versus somebody from Malaysia?
1: Mm, Okay, so. I have traveled uh, for speaking in 18 countries uh, for clients from different backgrounds, different cultures. We do consider those uh, So, for example, for someone from the States versus someone from Malaysia. One is if, let's say that both of them, first of all, they will probably come to me with different voice problems. For example, for people in the States, most of the times, one key thing is, they speak too fast Mm -hmm. and then for people from Malaysia they will probably come to me with the voice problems problems like their voice is too soft or their voice does not have gravitons so that's um, yes
0: let me just ask you Cynthia isn't it proper Mm -hmm. in some cultures maybe in Malaysia or other places uh, maybe in the Asian Pacific region as a whole isn't it yes. proper to speak a little bit softer and more gently than it might be to speak here in the United States?
1: Ah, okay. So you will notice that in the workplace, now it's not not the case. Because in workplace, is a multinational workplace. And if, let's say, people in Malaysia, they some of their co-workers They are from, let's say from the States, they are from Europe, they are from Australia. So then as a local uh, Malaysian, they need to be heard. They need to speak with a stronger voice so that whatever they say, people can hear. If they speak with a soft voice, then no one would hear them. So this uh, multinational environment has made us want to be heard, want to speak with a stronger voice but without shouting.
0: Yeah. Yeah that's got to be tough because some of those cultures they're they're so instilled to speak so softly and gently with each other.
1: Yes. And they've been doing that That their whole lives. Yes. In the personal life settings.
0: Yeah. Are you married?
1: I have not married.
0: You know why? Because everyone puts you to sleep when you're analyzing their every word. Yeah,
1: they are afraid of talking
0: to me. (laughs) Yeah, they're afraid of. You're like worse than a psychiatrist. Yeah.
1: That's got to be tough.
0: That's got to be tough because they're sitting across from you and they're probably going, "She's analyzing my every single word." (laughs) <laughs> oh man! So you've been doing this for how long now? Fifteen.
1: years um, Professionally for for about almost twelve years. Twelve years.
0: And uh, what's in store for you? What 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 are you doing next? I know you've uh, written a book, which we'll link up in the show notes. What um what else? Are, and the book the book. If I uh, recall correctly, I have not had a chance to read it. But influence mm-hmm. through voice. Yes, and, that's right. uh, And uh, we'll link that up. But so you know, what, what's what's next for Cynthia?
1: Sure. So there are two main things I'm working on. One is uh, my next book. So my next book is "You Are Your Voice." So now I would review all my secrets. <laughs> what's in a person's voice? What you can hear and what you should hear. Uh, so in the book so then everyone would be like me then they would not be scared off <laughs> so that's the next book You or Your Voice I'm working on and then the other project I'm working on is to be able to reach uh, more people to have more influence <clears throat> which means that I'm trying to uh, get on more global stage like I was trying to uh Connect with people from the United Nations so that I can help more people because I feel that I have reached a state in my life. Uh, I want to give back. I want to support more people, especially those who are in disadvantage.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, listen, this is a really interesting topic, and I totally agree with you. You don't need to be a professional articulator to to live your life but if you talk with conviction and impact and confidence you will absolutely be viewed at a higher level than somebody that doesn't it's that simple you might not know anything about anything but if you can just at least talk the talk at least you've already set yourself up as somebody that is going to be respected and listened to No, you have to back back those words up with action or people will finally figure you out. But you could have all the actions in the world. If you don't have the ability to communicate them properly, you're definitely behind. Mm, Yeah, that's
1: right.
0: Cynthia's website, PowerfulExecutiveVoice.com. Check her out in the show notes. Where else do you want people to find you online? They
1: can find me on social media like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
0: Okay, fantastic. And and what's your Instagram handle? It's uh,
1: my full name,
0: Cynthia Jai. Cynthia Jai, and that's Z-H-A-I for anyone that wants to check it out. Cynthia, thank you so much for the insight, and uh, we'll be checking out your book and watching you to see what's next. Thank you so much for coming on. Sure,
1: thank you for having me.